Good morning. So uh, I'm just going to ask a question, and, and if you believe this statement, okay, I just want you to clap one time. All right, so Jesus is the reason for the season. Okay. Good job. Like, so I'm going to say something else. Like, you believe this, they'll clap twice. All right, so Jesus is the reason for existence. Okay, so, so we believe that Jesus is the reason for the season. He's also the reason for like all year, right? So during the Christmas time and during this season, like you'll see people, they, I think they either get worse or they get better, right? There are people that can get depressed during the holidays and then there are other people that can give a little bit more and be a little bit more joyful during like the holiday season. So uh, with that, like we need to look for that. So we went Black Friday shopping, and, and as we go Black Friday shopping, there's always weird stuff that happens, okay? So so one year we were Black Friday shopping, and we're all standing in line, and there's a whole bunch of people in line with piles of stuff everywhere, and it's backed up really far. And I, and I look over, and I see this guy. He's about 70-something years old, okay? And he's he's holding just a bag of kitty litter, all right? So this poor guy, like... I don't know if he forgot what day it was, but, like, so he was across from us, and I was like, so, like, you're just getting kitty litter? And he said, uh, yeah, my cat needed it. And he said, you'd think people would be nice and let me go ahead, you know, and go to the front of the line. And he was a little bit upset. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it can happen. I've heard, like, this recently, like, I was at Walmart, and I heard somebody say they weren't going to go through the self-checkout because they wanted to make the people work for their money there. You know, it sounds just a little bit mean, but, uh, you know, we can all get a little irritated at each other sometimes. Many grow depressed or irritable. Uh, while some are saying, like, Jesus is the reason for the season, there are other people that are shouting, like, get out of my way. And uh, let's face it, we can get irritated at people, like, all the time. And uh, it's just kind of a part of life. But it's important that we, like, we give grace other people especially like as we say like as we are Christians and as we believe that Jesus has given grace to us that we definitely should give grace to others Hebrews twelve fifteen says be careful that none of you fails to respond to the grace that God gives for if he does there can very easily spring up in him a bitter spirit which is not only bad in itself but also uh, poisons the lives of many others. So it says we need to respond to the grace. We don't do it right. It can poison those people around us. If we do it right, you know, we're going to be a light to those people that are around us. So the first thing I want you to notice about us giving grace or giving grace to other people is that I don't think that it's natural for us, right? So even from a young age, like I remember, you know, wanting to get revenge on people. So uh, I had uh, two cousins, and uh, one of them got a Nintendo for their birthday. And uh, we were downstairs, and we were playing the Nintendo, and we were playing Karate Kid. And the, the kid that got it for his birthday, he was playing it, and his brother was like, I want to turn, I want to turn, and he wouldn't stop playing it. So finally, my cousin that was playing it, that, and it was his, he got sick of it, so he turned it off and said, you won't get any turns. So my other cousin got so mad that, I'm not joking, he jumped up, on the stand that it was on off his bed, he, he stomped on the Nintendo and smashed it. 
all right? And when he did that, the stand broke, and he fell down and broke his arm, all right? So, like, this, this kid, like, they're young, and he's thinking, hey, you know, you're making me mad. You're not going to get a turn. And the response of his brother is what? Revenge, right? He's like, he's hurt me. Now I want to hurt him. I'm going to hurt him as, you know, the worst that I can. And I think that's kind of where we're at. I remember when I was probably five, I can barely remember this. I was at the babysitter and a girl named Jessica bit me. And uh, I told the babysitter and she brought Jessica over. And I don't know if this is okay. It was then she said, hey, you bit him and now he's going to bite you back. And uh, so I remember thinking, I'm going to bite down as hard as I can with all the strength I can. I'm not going to let go. And I did it. And she screamed and I got in trouble, you know, but I wanted to hurt her worse than she had hurt me. And, uh, you know, that's what we do. And I think sometimes we can hold grudges against people. Uh, When someone wrongs us, you may walk on the other side of the room when you're around them. You may give them icy stares. You may ignore them when they try to speak to you. You may hold a grudge and that grudge may actually grow into hatred. We may even want to see them get what we feel like they deserve. And how long do you make them pay until you finally get over it? What do they need to do before you treat them with respect? Do they need to beg for your forgiveness? Do they need to be publicly humiliated? Do they need to suffer some form of tragedy? Do one of their pinky fingers need to be cut off? Like, what is it? Right, so Matthew 18, 21, and 22 It says this, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. That seems, uh, you know, Peter's question is a good question. The Jewish law stated that you should forgive someone three times. Well, Peter had been around Jesus and his teaching, And uh, so he doubled that and he added one. So, you know, he probably feels good about himself like Jesus is going to be impressed, but Jesus isn't. Jesus is not saying you should keep tabs on your mercy and forgive 77 times or even give 490 times. He's saying that there should be no end to the mercy and grace. You should always be willing to forgive your brother when you have been offended And here's the real kicker. You need to forgive them even when they don't deserve it. And uh, that's just not natural, and that's hard for us to do. So how do we do that? Well, we need to remember the grace that God has given us. Matthew 18, 23 through 35, and you can mark that in your Bibles. Jesus tells a parable, and there's a servant whose master forgave him for 10,000 talents, Equivalent, and that equals like several several million dollars. So the servant that was forgiven would not forgive someone else for a hundred uh, denarii. A denarius was a day's wage and was worth approximately 16 cents. So compared to what the first servant was forgiven, this was very small amount. And the principle here is that one One that forgives, that has been forgiven much, should forgive much. In other words, the principle of forgiveness is that grace or forgiveness to another is without limit. So, a Christian that doesn't give grace 
like makes really no sense, right? When we when I first started working here, uh, we went to this thing called Catalyst, and it was like this. Uh, it was like a conference. Okay, so all the staff went, and I hadn't hung around Keegan that much, but when we went on this conference, uh, Keegan was like talking about uh, being a vegan, like, and he was he was eating uh, like a vegan, you know, and we would eat unhealthy stuff, and he would talk about how great he feels because he's eating like a vegan, and I just thought Keegan had always been this vegan and healthy eater, okay? So after we get back, like, I'm eating in my office, and I think it's either, I either have Long John Silver's or I have the Doc Seafood, but I have their fish, you know, real greasy, and I, I eat so much that I, I, there's one piece left I can't eat no more. Keegan comes into my office, and he's talking to me, and he looks down at the plate, and he says, hey, uh, are you going to eat that? And I said, no, and he said, can I eat that? And I was like, I mean, you can. Are you sure you want to eat that? And he's like, yeah. And then he ate it faster than anyone I've ever seen eat fish. He ate it like it was trying to get away, you know? Like, I mean, and I was like, I was like, now you're a vegan? And he said, well, I've been trying to be a vegan, you know? So and we all have breakdowns like that. But, but a vegan that eats meat doesn't make any sense either, right? I was reading Kyle Eidelman's book on grace, and he mentions... And it's true, like, if you knew a person that uh, believed in peace, right? They didn't believe in war. They would uh, protest for peace. But then on the weekends, they built bombs for a terrorist organization. Like, that wouldn't make any sense, would it? Like, but as Christians, that God has forgiven and he has given us grace to not give others grace doesn't make any sense either. And sometimes we like to receive grace, but we don't like to give grace. And if we heard about something like that, we would be outraged, right? But like within the Christian community, when we hear that, you know, someone is a Christian and they're not giving grace to someone, I think in the same way we should be outraged because God has given us so much grace. We, ha we claim to have the greatest thing in the world and it all starts with grace. Jesus saves us. Didn't have to. And that's awesome. And now we should live a life of giving grace to. John 3, 1, story of Nicodemus. So this is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And it says, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. And he says, I know that you have come from God. So Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Pharisees were a religious group determined to keep all 600 laws of the Torah. Nicodemus was a member of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin can be compared to the Supreme Court. They were the ruling council of Jerusalem. And Nicodemus asked the Lord Jesus, how can one be born again? He didn't understand the Lord's answer, and Jesus said, you are Israel's teacher, and you don't understand? In other words, him out of all people, he should have known, and that's in John 3.10. So, so you see a guy that is a religious leader that, you know, has it all for that time. He sees Jesus, and he comes to him at night, and he talks to him, 
And you can see that, like, he's kind of searching, right? Like, Nicodemus is hanging around the religious leaders. He's a part of that group. And he sees something different in this guy named Jesus than he does these religious leaders. So much so that he goes and seeks Jesus out. Now, I know he's been watching Jesus, and he sees him perform miracles and and do these things, but he also sees something totally different than the group that he is with. He sees a guy, Jesus, that cares for people more than he cares for the rules. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus is okay with us not following those rules, but he's, he's concerned with relationship first. Like Jesus approaches people. Jesus talks to people. Jesus sits with sinners. Jesus, when he heals people, when he heals a blind man, like this guy that nobody would even think to talk to, Jesus touches, puts his hands on him. He didn't have to do that, but he did. When Jesus healed the man with leprosy, he could have said, hey, like where Holly's at, he could have said, you are healed, like, and you would have been healed. But I'm not going to hug you. But that's what Jesus did when he, when he healed the guy. If you look in the Greek, the word that he used for touched means embraced. It means hepto. It means that he reached out and he embraced this guy. Jesus cared and he loved people and he took time with them and he took time with sinners. And the, the group that he was a part of did not focus much on that. So there was a difference that Nicodemus saw. And here is where you see God. He's saying John 3.16 to Nicodemus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And here he's using the word love. He's talking to Nicodemus about the love the father has for his people. And that's different than anything that he had experienced. What you see is a Jesus who gives grace in the face of the religious leaders who did not. So my last point is this. We need to give grace. Romans 12, 16 to 21 says, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. He is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And as we live our lives, like, is this how we live? Do we try to be in peace with everyone? So, this week, uh, I went to Dairy Queen, okay? So I wanted breakfast, and the line was so long, it was like backed up into the road. And I thought, well, I'm going to go inside then. So I go inside, and there's a long line there. And you can see that people are just agitated about, you know, what's going on. And uh, the lady at the counter, like each order, it takes her probably about eight minutes, you know, for each person. And I'm getting agitated. I'm thinking I would have went to Cracker Barrel, like if I knew it was going to take so long. There's a guy behind me I've never met before. He's in his 60s. 
and he looked at me and he shook his head and he said it was taking forever and I looked down and he was holding like an ice cream cake like out of the freezer and I thought well this isn't going to be good for you you know because this is taking a, a long long time so finally like I get up to the counter minutes later uh, a lot of minutes later and uh, I say to the lady hey I want uh, three sausage biscuits all right so if I'm going to eat a sausage biscuit I'm going to get one for me and two for Frank but we can both eat that all right so I say, I want three sausage biscuits. And the lady looks at me and like she says, okay, I just got to figure out how to do three. And like she can't figure it out. And I promise it's like five minutes. And then finally she says, how about, a, how about two twin packs? Would you like that? I can do that. And I was like, sure, let's do that. So I said, two sausage biscuit twin packs. So she goes to type it in and then she looks at me and she said, what kind of meat do you want on that? And I was like, well, I was thinking sausage, you know, like, and then uh, so she, she rings it up, and I, and I ask for a drink, and then afterwards, you know, she doesn't give me a cup, and I say, hey, I got a drink, and she said, uh, you know, uh, I, didn't, I didn't ring you up for a drink, and I was getting frustrated, and she, she, uh, she said, here, you can just have one, and she gave it to me, and I could see on her face almost that she looked like she's about to cry, and uh, it made me sad, you know? I mean, this lady, it's obvious this is like, like maybe her first or second day at work, and uh, you know, it's really busy, and she's having a hard time, and, you know, for me to lash out at her would be wrong, and Parrish, I just want to say, uh, so Parrish, I, I lashed, I feel like I lashed out at her this morning, like, I had my Gatorade bottle up here, and she goes, she goes, hey, she's real sweet about it, hey, can, now, uh, are could we move these, are you going to leave these up here, and I said, uh, do you seriously think I'm going to leave those up there? You know, and I could have responded better to that because, like, we need to give grace to people, right? Like, the lady at the counter, the lady at the counter when you are talking to her or when I'm talking to her or the bank or wherever, like, we need to respond in a graceful way, especially if we say that we're Christians. Listen, I had no place to be. I had no time limit. But for some reason, like, I wanted to get there and get out as soon as I could. And I think it makes things real stressful. So I want you to do me a favor. Close your eyes, and I want you to imagine something with me, all right? Imagine this picture, okay? All right. You are at a restaurant, all right? You're, waited, you're waiting to be seated, right? The server takes you to a place to sit at a booth, and right across is a table, and it has six kids and they're little kids, and the mom, okay? They sit you down, and you hear screaming. Like, the kids are yelling. They're not sitting in their seat. They're running around. A paper straw wrapper comes at you, and it lands in your drink, all right? One of the kids are saying, Mom, 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 and she's not answering. One of the kids are hitting the other kid, and the other kid is crying, all right? And the mom isn't really paying much attention. Okay, look at me. How does that make you feel? It, it makes my blood pressure go up, you know? I mean, it, like, just thinking of that makes, like, it just, I can't explain it. Like, it feels like the pulse in my head is going to just explode. And uh, I don't know why, you know? Now, let me ask you this. Like, in that situation... That would be rough, right? Especially sitting around that. What if I told you like, that the mom had just lost her husband? 
Or what if I said the mom was a single mom and just didn't have much help? What if I told you that the mom was just worn out and she's just real lonely? Does that change the way that you see the situation? I mean, when we look at people, we need to look at people as God sees them. We don't know what they're going through. I mean, they could be going something real bad. We want to offer grace to them. And I'm saying this because my kids have done this. Like, I remember one of them blew a wrapper and it went above our head and over a booth and into another person's drink. And they were mad. And uh, we were just trying to handle it. We're outnumbered, you know. Uh, We want to give people grace. We want to see people as people. Nicodemus, you know, in the end, during Jesus' trial in John 7, 50, Nicodemus was the one who attempted to be fair. So does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? The others just mocked Nicodemus. Nicodemus brought 75 pounds of myrrh and aloe to use in the burial in John 19, 39. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea were the ones who prepared Jesus' body for burial and carried him to Joseph's, Joseph's own tomb. He went from being a leader of the Pharisees to someone who, along with Joseph, took custody of Christ's body. That, to me, seems like a huge life change. Nicodemus saw a guy who picked God and his love for people over religion. So last, I'll close with this. I I, uh, I was at a church camp one year, and uh, I was helping do worship, and uh, we were... We were leading worship and, and there was this guy and he was on the front row and he had long hair and a long beard and uh, he had like khaki shorts on and, and stuff. And this was at the Westland Church in Orleans, Indiana. And this guy just looked kind of crazy, okay? And he stood up like during while we're leading worship and he starts like really like lifting his hands and, and really worshiping God. And and in my mind, I remember as I'm, as I'm leading worship, in my head, I'm thinking this guy has probably wandered in here and he's gonna ask somebody for money. You know, and I just didn't think good of this person based on how he looks. So we sit down, and uh, the guy that was sitting there, he gets up, and he is the speaker. Now, he wasn't trying to dress like a bum or anything like that. It was just how he looked, you know. He just went for that, I just woke up look. And he, like, got up, and he started speaking, and his name was Jeff Eckert, okay? Jeff Eckert, like, is... Uh, a youth minister of a church that runs around, or he was a youth minister of a church that runs around 10,000 people. He had a lot of students, and uh, he's also over Claim Your Campus. That's a nationwide thing, and over Never the Same Camp, which is like CIY. And I felt so bad, you know, afterwards for just judging him and thinking, you know, not seeing him as a person or not even wanting to extend grace. What if he did want money? I mean, would that have been okay? And, uh, Jeff was such a great guy. I mean, like, so he would go out, and when we would do canteen and we would eat, I would watch Jeff, and Jeff would always look for the student where no kids were sitting with them, and he would sit with them, and he would talk to them, and he just loved people. He saw people as how Jesus saw people, and I think sometimes, you know, that's how we need to look at people to extend more grace to them. Look at them. That lady at Dairy Queen, you know, that is somebody's daughter. Somebody loves that girl. And uh, 
she needs grace like everyone else needs grace. And why am I even giving her grace for, like, you know, for not getting my sausage biscuit right? I mean, is that goofy or what? I mean, like, she's a child of God. So today, like, as uh, I pray, like, the invitation's open. Uh, maybe there's somebody in your life that you haven't extended grace to. Maybe you feel like uh, you need to be more graceful. Like, we can pray for you with that. Like, if you want to come and be baptized today, that can happen as well. Uh, maybe you want to join the church. That can happen too. I'll be up front to pray with you. There'll be some people in the back uh, that are willing to pray for you too. If you think it's weird to come and pray with a preacher like me, you can grab a friend and come pray with me too. And like, and that's okay. You can do that. So, so anyway, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to lead. We're going to do some worship. And if you want to come pray, you can do that. So, won't you stand with me, and we'll pray. Father God, thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you for the grace that you give us every day. Even though we don't deserve it. And uh, we love you so much. I pray that we see people as you see them. Father, may we go out of our way to extend grace to others. And just realize that there are people out there that are going through a whole lot. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.